5. Young Julius Ptolemy stood and studied the Roman and the Germanian. Two complete opposites. Hilius was so elegant, so calm and so Roman. Wolf, however was vulgar, dirty and inflexible. He despised them both, but for entirely different reasons. His eyes moved to the Praetorian officer with the shining armor, he who all Egyptians knew and both feared and hated. He stood with a straight back and head high, waiting at the cages with pigeons. Almost everyone hated him and Julius could feel the hate growing. If trade with weapons will be regulated, I will lose all my opportunities. Weapons are my way out of this no man's land, it will give me an important position both in Alexandria and Rome. Weapons will pay for my children's education and protect my family against all evil in the world. But most importantly, those weapons will liberate Egyptus. I'm fortunate to be born as Optimus' son, although everyone pretends that this is not true, I know that all are aware of it. I'm almost untouchable among the ordinary citizens, though I, in their eyes, is a barbarian. I'm not one of them and never will be. When Wolf, that filthy man, returns home to the north, I will be invaluable in the trade between Rome and Egyptus and between Rome and Germania. Then I will get my real chance. Oh my gods please protect Optimus. He saved my mother and gave me life. By giving me protection he will help me save Egyptus. In a few years I can move to Alexandria and bring my mother with me. Even though Julius only had been in Egyptus a few times, he loved the city and the people. After he met Selene he understood the separatists' desire for a land free from Rome. He, Julius Ptolemy, would be part of the liberation. Selene had explained to him about the work of the separatists and took him to a meeting with the leader of the group. Selene with those big brown eyes, with her red lips and sensual spirit, had shown him what makes a body burn for desire. I have to see her again soon, he thought aroused by memories of previous nights. He raised his head and looked at his father, Marcus Optimus, ducks of Optimus Quirinless, he stood on the cart, like a rock, immovable and hard. Julius would never get the idea to call Marcus Optimus father or Marcus. The few times he had spoken to him, he had always called him ducks. When they met in the streets his father had always nodded to him to acknowledge his existence. Julius was proud to be Dux's son and he tried to make his father proud. He was forever grateful that his mother met Dux and he had bought her from the brothel she ended up in after forced into slavery. She had been placed in one of Dux's wealthy trading partner's household. She got a leading position and governed the slaves who were responsible for the cooking. The pater, the master, in his mother's new house was Helios Hyperion, Selene's old uncle who proved to be very important for Optimus' trade contacts in Egyptus. His family had roots in the Greek Golden Age after Alexander. Helios had almost complete control of all Optimus' contacts in Asia Minor, Macedonia, Judea, and Egyptus. 
Each trading contract and transaction passed through him, which made Helios richer than most senators. The old white-haired man always had welcomed him into his home, shared his food and helped him when he got into trouble. He had spent more time at Helios than in his own home. It was at one of Helios' dinner parties he for the first time met Selene. Helios had at the same dinner explained how the Romans had improved the quality of their steel. Julius understood that the iron was taken out of the ground as stones and melted down in huge ovens. New techniques were developed which gave reinforced steel and now the generals wanted to replace all old weapons. Huge amounts of swords, axes and daggers, more than hundred thousand of each must be produced, transported and sold. He would become rich and at the same time saving Egyptus. Helio's fortune impressed him, but there were those who were even richer. One of them was Achilles, his third cousin. One of the leaders of the black separatists in Rome. A rough man who autocratically ruled his clan with an iron fist. No mercy was given to those who failed. He clearly had a murky past and the rumors being told made his skin crawl. Many claimed that the name Achilles came from his grandfather who more than hundred years earlier tried to overthrow Queen Cleopatra, but failed because Caesar helped her to defeat all opposition. Julius Ptolemy chuckled as he thought of the Romans' lack of cultural manners. Greeks, and especially Egyptians, had their millinery culture to give them superior understanding. And Romans could not grasp the intricate interaction that must exist between two parties regardless of whether it is between father and son, husband and wife, sellers and buyers, officers and soldiers, and even between the leaders and the people. Many of us laugh at their monumental silliness. He remembered when he was a child and was hiding behind a long curtain during a game they played in their new home. Helios and Achilles came into the room. The two had laughed violently to a story about a senator who put his male organ in the wrong hole. At the time he could not understand what they meant with the wrong hole. Ha ha ha! The old shit-eater! With a prick like that he need a tight sphincter muscles to perform, you know. He has to be careful or it will rot. They laughed again. He had been standing completely still and hoped they would not notice him being there. Drops of sweat ran slowly down his back. Maybe they would think that he was spying on them. It was not until later when he grew older he understood and learned that it had been Longvinius' father they talked about. Now a lot of people were wondering if Census Magistratum Commercial Longvinius have the same sexual preferences as his father. Most Egyptians already called him Brown Snake. Great amusement always occur when Longvinius' name is mentioned, he thought smiling. The Honorable Magistratum is most unlikely to know about his new name. He would invoke the God's curse over us if someone told him. The Romans have no style, no sense of humor, they do not appreciate the value of a sophisticated name a name that gives so much more joy than a common name. Besides ducks, he understand, he is the most complex person I ever met. Julius froze, 
aware of someone studying him. Wolf stared into his eyes and Julius saw the depth of the man's soul. A darkness that no one understood. Julius' contempt was based in Wolf's evil and unreasonable demands for discipline. But somehow he still was grateful for everything that the northern barbarian had taught him. He had only been eight years old when he first met the godless Germanian. Many traders on the Aventin Hill had employed Wolf Maino to teach their children the Germanic language. Immediately he learned what it meant to be non-Roman and different from the other kids when Wolf educated them. In front of all the other children Wolf had told stories about the barbarians that came from Egyptus. It was also at the same time in his life when he had heard rumors that Marcus Optimus was his father and he was a bastard. In utter confusion and frustration, he had hurried to his mother, Cleo Solaris, to ask if all these lies were true. She had only nodded in response. With a shrill cry Julius had disappeared out of the kitchen, out of the house, down the street until he could run no further. He had hated Wolf, hated Optimus and hated his mother. Perhaps it was then, he unconsciously decided to help free Egyptus. Later in the evening, when he saw his mother again, he asked about his father. Why do we not live with my father? He said with a trembling voice. Roman men only live with Roman women. Why? I do not know beloved son, but it is the way they work. They are strange and are not like us. I want to live. He had stopped, because he did not know what he wanted. Tears had began to fill his eyes and he had fought so hard not letting them fall, because then he would also fall. Instead, he looked at his mother, looked into her brown eyes and with anger in his voice said. I hate Germanians, I hate Romans, I hate Dux Marcus Optimus. Before he could finish the sentence he received such a strong slap in the face that the whole world had begun to howl and black dots danced in front of him. My son, listen to me, she had said with a dark and harsh voice. Her face had been distorted, she looked like an evil demon. You should thank the gods that ducks found me before it was too late. Every day when you wake up, you should thank ducks. Do you hear me? Julius. Promise me that you ask the gods to help ducks in everything he does. She had taken hold of him and shaken him so hard until his neck had began to ache. He stood paralyzed, staring at her. If you ever again utter only a single negative word about your father, you are no longer my son. Can you hear me, Julius? He nodded cautiously and looked down at the floor, the shame burned in his face. He had not understood, he was too young. Later he realized that if Ducks had not bought his mother she had become trapped in a human hell. At first, when she was able to keep her beauty, life would have been easy, maybe even glamorous. Later when age would steal her smooth skin and full lips early the dirty and cheap whorehouses, where diseases spread and life ended quickly, would accept her. The customers were filthy savages, violent legionnaires and perverted fools. 
she would be forced to use strong drugs to manage to survive, but drugs and sickness would quickly take her life. It took many days for him to understand and accept his mother's anger, but after that day, he thanked Dux Marcus Optimus every evening for saving his mother and given him life. Sometimes when he looked into her eyes, he could still glimpse the anger he endured that day. This reminded him of his gratitude. They had never talked about what happened again. Everything could now be destroyed if the Senate once again took control of the arms trade, how can they be so foolish, he asked himself. One worry never left him and it continuously disturbed his mind, could our revolution injury ducks? Can anyone track the weapons to the house Optimus transports? What if Dux is accused and convicted for the conspiracy? Would he then have the courage to save his father? What happens in the Senate? He asked Helios with as uninterested voice as possible. They have taken a break during the festival. Otherwise, they are planning for the Emperor's return. Everyone is aware of the need to pay a tribute to him for his achievements. And after the festival? One question that is on everyone's lips is the new law on arms trade. There are many who are positive to Lex Legionari. But it will be devastating for a lot of people if it is approved. We can expect unrest. What will ducks do, do you think? Hylas was close to saying, what will your father do? But stopped himself in time. He looked at Julius. Before he could finish his answer, Wolf's dark voice interrupted them. Julius, why do you concern yourself with the Senate? You should learn Germanic, do not fill your little head with things that do not concern you, right? Yes, you're right. Ptolemy laughed inside. The fool do not get it. Everything depends on what the Senate decides. In his barbaric ignorance he does not understand that weapons means money, which in turn means power. Marcus looks like he is enjoying himself, Helius said and looked over at the cart. Wolf and Ptolemy followed his gaze. He is the ducks, isn't he, right? Julius Stilami nodded gently. 